Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss How does it offer a free beer sound? It sounds good to me and as loyal listeners of the show we'd like to reward you with just that free beer thanks to our friends at beer52.com you've got the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world all you've got to do is go to www.beer52.com slash kosh and cover just the £4.95 for postage once more under the kosh listeners get two extra free beers so that's a total of 10 10 free beers and for those of you who don't already know, Beer 52 are beer pioneers. Oh yes, they travel the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Oh, no surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more, but they've not forgot the roots. Oh no, as an independent UK company beer 52 are also passionate about the uk craft beer scene the beauty of beer 52 is they don't hold you to ransom there's no lock-in and you can leave at any time so you can sign up today and get your first box sent out next day deliver it and it'll contain some scrumptious beers from korea Hey, oh, the legion number, eh? Don't mind if I do. But it don't end there. Oh, no. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, the case will also include the award-winning, bit like me, in case you didn't know, Craft Beer Magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you receive. And there's also a cheeky little snack thrown in. How about that? Just to top it off. Don't like dark beers? Fear not. You can tailor the box to your preference. You can also rate and review all the beers you've collected on the Beer 52 website. T's and C's do apply. Only one per household. New customers only. Part of a monthly subscription with no minimum commitment. If you choose to stay, you'll be delivered eight craft beers, ferment magazine and a snack with free delivery for just £24. Full terms at beer52.com slash terms. How are we doing? Very well. You? Good. Yes. Enthusiastic, the pair is. Yeah, as well. Full yeah. of energy. Yeah, I like it. Uh, like we're, Carlisle. We've got a few quid in the old uh, jump pack in new, nash, new teeth <laughs> fund, don't we? <laughs> the, the old is, Patreon. From a marketing p- perspective, we've had a lot of people just signing up for your teeth. For the teeth. And I really do appreciate it, yeah. people. I really for the do. teeth. It's all for the teeth. It's all for the teeth. It's for the teeth. But I mean. have you got any salt and pepper yet for your barnet? I don't need any, do I? No, I just put a bit it. of colour. Eh? Puts a bit of colour in no, it. No, I like the grey. You know, I like the grey. Are you medium brown? Well, originally, uh, I'm not that entirely sure. 
You'd go for a full Italian restaurant grit. <laughs> Got the big wooden, the big wooden pepper yeah. pot. <laughs> Would you like some seasoning? To I honestly could tell you what colour my fucking hair is, if I'm honest. The amount of people sliding into the DMs saying, "What was the uh, the product that?" Ah, oh, there's, there's a few, there's a few sneaky bastards. Yeah. But yeah, thanks to everybody who signed up so far to the Patreon. Um, I've got two teeth done so far. <laughs> <laughs> Just another fourteen to go. <laughs> so. Then two extra episodes a month. That we're putting out, and it's it, it's helping along the way. Isn't it, it is massively. It's gonna keep us going, isn't it? But, uh, 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 More than anything, we. I mean, I've got, I seen one. I seen one tweet saying, "Why the fuck should we have to pay?" Yeah. We're like, well, you've just had fifty-two episodes for free, you're and you're still, still getting. You're still going to get four a month for free. Just chuck another couple, chuck a couple of quid yeah, in for two extra. We're still if doing the same as what we were. Yeah. You're just paying for a bit extra. Yeah. If you want extra. If you want the extra. Yeah. Nobody's holding so the gun to your head. It's very much like you've gone for something to eat, you've ordered a fillet steak, <laughs> you've got your chips, come with a bit, garden peas, do you want some onion rings with it? Supplement charge. Yeah. Everybody wants onion rings, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> some people think, fuck it, I'm not buying them because of £2, but I'm willing to pay £2 for my onion rings. That's and a enjoy very good mistake. analogy, John. You're yeah. giving Ian Holloway a run for his money with yeah. his analogies at the minute. So if you want to carry on, if you want to support us, because the last thing we want to do is, is shut up shop, innit? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, 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 what am I going to do on a Wednesday afternoon? We don't, we're not closing down sale, do we? <laughs> Thursday night, Tuesday. Have we got into admin? Yeah. <laughs> Administration. <laughs> I'm taking the fucking stands. <laughs> <laughs> Stand the <laughs> microphone. You can have the cameras. I'm not fucking using. Yeah, as, as for the prizes, can we have your raw teeth as a prize? Yeah, of course you can. People will sign up. You like some of fucking ladies of the roster. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thanks to everyone who signed Jones, up, up to now. And uh, yeah, if you want them two extra episodes a month, then uh, get on over to Patreon.com/slash Under the Cosh. And thank you very much. And I hope I win the prize for the first month. By the way, what we're going to do very soon. Who tell us? Nah. No. So I haven't got it yet. Secret. Let's keep it secret. <laughs> I hope I win it. I'll not fit in it. The big I reveal like Then bullseye doors open. <laughs> keep it to the last minute. Look it's what not, he could have won. It's not a fucking speedboat or a caravan. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. Um, Aaron w- Wilbraham. Good, Good lad. Yeah. Great lad, wasn't he? It looks very much like an action figure, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't think he'll mind us saying I that. I was going to say, why didn't you tell him to his face? Eh? I, think I'm very done. Well I said to him before we started, I says, fuck are you looking well, aren't mm. you? You look as though you're... Well, you didn't say an action figure isn't the same as looking well. <laughs> well, if somebody made an action figure of me, I'd be quite happy with you. <laughs> yeah, well, but... You know what I mean? I'm sure E-Man's not sat at home thinking, fucking them bastards have made a figure of me. <laughs> <laughs> 40 year old and still playing. It's fucking remarkable, isn't it? It's always good to see. 31 to 40. That's where he's made his... Made his living. See, why, why are you always getting about? We must sound. We must sound like fucking money grabbing bastards. No, no. Yes. I mean, success, like success. He's worked oh, hard. What you're 16. saying is, he's grafted and grafted and grafted, and then got his so, rewards yeah. late on in his career oh. when probably thought that he wasn't going to get there. Yeah, <laughs> Holtly the same. A reminder that we've got um, live show coming up. Yes, fourteenth of December. Raymond Parler. Ray Parler. Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> Get them tickets everybody, in if you're down that neck of the woods. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> He's a mate of yours, isn't he? Uh, I'm not so sure if he'll be able to remember us, to be honest. <laughs> so get them tickets in. Go over to the um, Eventbrite website. Christmas do, if you've got a Christmas do. Just, just fucking get a 
Big group, like the like the Ali Pali, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's an event, isn't it? Where you go and sit and get pissed and heckle and throw stuff <laughs> at people man. and all that sort of shit. So Clark Carlisle this week, is this that week, right? Clark, Clark Carlisle this week. This is one that I'm very, very much looking forward to yeah. Uh, yeah. on quite a few different levels. I'm looking forward to his football, uh, but I'm also looking forward to hearing about everything else his story. he's been through in his life and yeah great great lad yeah countdown lad, champion it's the first countdown champion we've had mm. I think he'll be the last countdown champion that we have so, as well yeah, yeah. but when, when we were, we've been driving up tonight and uh, Brownie said uh, one countdown didn't he I says yeah yeah he done, done really well he says he were on he were on for 12 weeks I went, what? He says, well, we're on for 12 weeks. And there's five a week. <laughs> That's fucking 62 shows. Is that my maths right? Yeah. 62 shows he thought he was on. I says, what are you on about? I was adamant as well when he's I moved like, He's Rachel been Rally. on for 12 weeks. I was like, mate, you can't. Uh, the, the best countdowner ever has not been on for 12 weeks. We researched it three days, weren't it? <laughs> <laughs> three episodes. We were on for three episodes, yeah. which is still a fucking massive yeah, achievement. A superb achievement, I think. Uh, 12 weeks and they were fucking they were like no it's definitely 12 weeks <laughs> I'm like well I'm not too sure yeah I got that wrong 60 innit this could, could be an interesting one go anywhere this couldn't it really and knowing the type of lad it is I, I don't think he'll I don't think he'll hold back I think he'll just tell us everything yeah looking forward to it should we get him in yeah Clarky come on Clarky Carlisle. Hello. How are we doing? Happen. I'm grand. Yeah. First time I've seen Clark without him fucking smashing me. There's <laughs> <laughs> still time. time. There's time. Yeah. <laughs> First minute. There's time. <laughs> Britain's, uh, Britain's brainiest footballer, lads. Yeah. There's no competition at this table, is there? Let's, so not talk, let's not talk about me. Let's put Clark it's about us. Clark's come to get in view. Clark is the... Uh, sorry, yeah. no, Enough about me. What, what do you think about me? Come on. Come on. <laughs> Can I put an impression there? <laughs> Thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, no, it's man. a pleasure. It's a pleasure to come on. It is. So, none of us have played with you, but you get, like I said, we get to know people playing against each other. What's it? You, you know them through warming up and... You know him, I said, yeah, obviously playing against him and we've warmed up a few times. You pretended to stretch a few times. Is there a bit of uh, sideline chat amongst the, the subs? Oh, of course there is, eh? You adopt yeah. the same you, bit of a gesture of a groin stretch and just yeah. look is, like you're doing something. No one ever wants to be a sub, ever. So, so you stroll out there and you've got half a dozen guys who are all pissed off. Uh, and if something's going wrong on the pitch, you're kind of like, ah, yeah, look, yeah. <laughs> we, that. we said that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the run back around. to the bench yeah. like, or Poe face, <laughs> oh yeah, devastated gaffer. <laughs> just full of negativity, you know. He's always an arty shit. I'm not playing this team, I'll fucking never know. <laughs> the bitter bus, it starts on the subs bench. <laughs> it, does. <laughs> it does, I'm telling it you. Is. But yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Obviously, we've played against each other I mean, loads of times. Loads we? of times. I, I can't remember who I've played with <laughs> or against half the time. Right, well, thanks for coming on, mate. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we'll just go straight to the question. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll never forget you, Big John, because I f- couldn't fucking see round you. Everyone's like, squeeze! I've got, I c- mate, I can't! I can't! I can't. So, someone give us a hand! I think I, think, I think I played against you and Danny Shitu at Oh, Big Dan, at my Burnley. goodness, yeah. Jesus uh, Christ. No, not Burnley. Not? Big Dan was at Watford and at QPR, we were Might together. Might QPR. Yeah. Did you play with... Beaky at Burnley. Andre Bikey. 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 Terry Henry. No, it's Terry Henry. <laughs> Terry Henry. Andrew Bikey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Andre BK. They, yeah. were bit, they, were like, they were like a fucking WWF wrestling match, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, he, he's an, another absolute unit. It, it seems that they always picked a strong person to play alongside because <laughs> I had a pigeon chest. <laughs> Just getting bullied by the likes of you two. <laughs> official Britain's brainiest football. Well, it's not official, is it? Is. It, it, was, it, it, is was a, it was a TV programme where 12 guys participated and one of them was Alan Brazil. I don't even think I'd have finished 12th (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was just a bit of fun It it was a bit of fun And I'm not going to lie I've had a lifelong uh, crush on Carol Vorderman You know, I've been a mad keen fan of Countdown Since I was a kid And um, it was a flyer that came around the dressing room When we were at QPR Saying, do you want to, you know, it's a TV programme Do you want to have an audition like Do you want to see if you want to go on and I was injured at the time. I was out for two years with this right knee. So it was about one year into rehab when um, life was just boring. It was dull. It was horrible. Long-term injuries, disgusting. So um, just a bit of something to, you know, different, brighten up my day. And they said, Carol Vorderman's hosting. I was like, ah, oh, yes. Sign yes. me up. Sign yes. us up. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm in. I'll put a bit of aftershave on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a bit of brute, and uh, and then I ended up winning it. But it was just a good, you know, it was a good day out. It was a good crack. Countdown as well. Yeah, oh, now so that, that, I'm a, that I'm a bit more serious about. You know, I loved Countdown. I loved it since I was a, a wee nipper. And um, I won two shows. And on the third show, I got beat on a crucial conundrum. And it haunts me to this day. <laughs> forget, forget playoff finals. Forget getting relegated three times. It haunts me to this day. Because, right, it's not the conundrum. The conundrum was steamiest. The guy got it in about three seconds. Yeah, well done. But in the first round, right, in the first round, he declared a five. And that was terrible. And I had like three sixes, a couple of sevens, and trying to be Billy Big Balls. I said, oh, eight. And I said, carrions, but carrion is a mass noun. You can't pluralise it. But if I'd have said six, casino, that would have been an 11-point swing and the conundrum would have been irrelevant. It would have and been that's a it. totally I, different you know, story. He went yeah. on to win eight. <laughs> he, he, he became an octo champ and here's me now. <laughs> I was just fuck myself and rest of the lads around this table. Plurals and all that. Basically, Clark fucked up. <laughs> we're not going into the main in that of the, what you didn't know what plurals plural. 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 I'm, I'm on about uh, the, the get out them bastard asses <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I've probably been a bit harsh on the listeners here and I'm not knowing I'm, I'm judging them by my standards but 
Yeah, but I love that. Got a teapot at home. It's uh, one of my proudest achievements. Yeah. Countdown teapot. Yeah. Not usable, surely. It's uh, practically it, it's inept. It, yeah. It's rubbish. It, it dribbles all down the. the oh, so you've attempted use. Of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be place. Yeah, and then I, I used it as dowry to try and woo my wife. I was like, ooh, I've got a teapot for you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you go yeah, for a pot of tea, man? <laughs> she moved in three weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Former chairman of the PFA? Yes. Uh, next. <laughs> 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 you can see me and Johnny just going. So oh, shite. How did, how did you get into that? Did, were you involved with the PFA to start with, or no, no? Uh, when I was at Watford, I got involved. I went to a church locally in Watford, and uh, and they were doing work on a local estate, the the Meriden estate, uh, with a, with a little five side football team, you know. Well, lads, from an estate like where I grew up, you know. So I, I wanted to get involved in that, and the PFA found out because. Um, Watford Community Trust picked up on it and they started to send coaches over and then the PFA said well if you like doing that why don't you come and do some stuff with us mm. and then it just snowballed from there really and then I went uh, became delegate went on the Mancom got elected chair um, yeah and then and then retired saw a fair, fair few bits come and go in that time but it's uh, enjoy it it's quite eye opening being on the other side of the fence I'll tell you that much you know, I don't, I don't know how much you two will know about the union. It does so much more than we ever give it credit for. I think I, I don't think I don't think you I don't know the extent of what goes off with it. Mm. All, all the only thing I think about is right. You get twenty five grand if you retire through injury. Mm. They'll put you th- through education. Uh, that's about it, isn't it? We used to get them packs. The Adidas packs. Did you ever get them? Oh, you yeah. the boots and stuff. You used to get free yeah. boots. So the one thing that used to that used to like, I, I couldn't get my head around was we used to pay maybe seventy five quid was it a year? Uh, not even that when we were it went up to one hundred and fifty in our last couple of years. Yeah, so we I paid one hundred and fifty pound, and David Beckham were paying one hundred and fifty pound, which was a bit mind boggling to me. <laughs> Same as somebody in League Two were paying one hundred and fifty pound. Surely you thought, well, they'll pay seventy five, they'll pay. 225 you know what I mean if Bex will pick up the rest if, yeah. if, <laughs> if the funds of the union dependent was dependent on the subs that would make sense but it wasn't mm. you know the money that the PFA got was from the TV money right so everything that the lads paid was effectively a token gesture just so that they felt that they were engaged, engaged with the involved. union you know, uh, and you gotta, I could have you engaged gotta, him for 150 pound a year less. You got to make it the same across the board. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's about as interesting as it got, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it was a shit question to start with, anyway. I tell you what, though, mate. Um, we put questions out on Twitter. Oh yes. Oh, I've never had just so many thank yous. That just people saying thank you. Just can you just tell him thanks? Really? Because yeah. of the work that you've done and you know what you've been through and being able to to project it people saying that it's given them the courage to come out and say and talk about themselves oh that's awesome mate thank you very much it's lovely to hear that because um wife and i we do we we go around and we talk openly and honestly about our journey um my, my depression started i talked about the the injury that i had in 2000 it started then i tried to kill myself then in 2001 and uh but because we didn't know anything about it we just pretended it never happened 
and it's from then that emotionally you know I've been going up and down up and down up yeah. and down and football was masking it so being able to share that story and for other people to to feel that it gives them permission to speak out it's awesome because a they they're getting the help that they need at a time and I feel that I haven't gone through all that shite for nothing you know yeah. it doesn't feel like it, it, it was um, it was me destroying lives but um, it's nice to hear that because you usually go somewhere and you share your story and you leave. Yep. You don't know what happens from After. then on in, you know. So to hear the fact that other people, uh, you know, it's inspired them in some way, that that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, so there was one you. that it just literally said, thank you, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's maybe it. even a love heart in there as well. What's oh, that? really? <laughs> With a <laughs> emoji. <laughs> <laughs> so so do, you think, do you think it all, it all started from that two-year injury? Um, cool. We could get really deep and meaningful here because it's only through it, my therapy now, intense counselling, that I understand that, that my... I, I couldn't understand my emotions as a kid because I was brought up at a time when, what are you crying about? What, what do you mean you're angry? What yeah. do you mean you did this at school? You know, it's just... We didn't express emotions... If you're a man, you were strong, you dealt with everything, you didn't cry, you you you, you know, you weren't nervous, blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I bottled and hid all of those emotions. And then you go into football where it's compounded even further. Magnified. It, you it? know, because they, not only are those, the, the sadness and the fear, like, put to one side but also that there's no anxiety you don't take any failure you know that everything is solely focused on success and everything else is blah so it just made that even worse for me and then you're in an environment where you're with 40 guys and yeah you're my teammate but don't beat around the bush you're my first opponent as well mm. there's only 11 of us can start uh, and I want to kick you in the air in training make sure I start before you mm. uh, you know if I'm on the bench and you get injured sorry for you but I'm buzzing mate yeah. you know because that's my <laughs> chance to get in the side so it, it was all compounded in that and you don't tell anyone in in that environment you know oh, not, not even, not even your wife uh, well no this, this is just it going through then going through that period I didn't tell anyone you know, I just bottled it all up, and instead of, uh, of you know, when when you you sit with something processing it, right. how do you process it? Where well, I process mine by running away from it. Mm. So if I felt sad or angry or scared, or if I felt like my career was in jeopardy, then I had to do whatever I could to get away from that feeling, and usually, it was drink. You know, or if it weren't drink, I would go gambling, and it I weren't gambling to win. I was gambling to lose myself in those two hours mm, in yeah. the casino. Just to, that's, you know, that, that's it, just totally get away from it. And casinos especially for me because there's almost like a... It's a bit different now. They're more like a hospitality. They're a bit of night art now. Yeah, they, they are, of... yeah. But, but, you know, back then it was more... It was a bit more secretive, you know, and people left you to your own devices. No one had disturbed me. I'd be in there for however many hours... If uh, any of the bosses got wind you played football, there'd be drinks coming over, you know, and they'd treat you like like royalty. And I just used to love getting lost in there. But not just that. Computer games. I play, I play chat manager for, for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And it wasn't to play the game. It was to get away from just what I was thinking, thinking in real life. Yeah. <laughs> or I'd sleep. So, you know, that's how it started to manifest in my life. But because we didn't know that there was an underlying issue, we just thought I was a dick. 
<laughs> that's the truth. He's done it again. Yeah. He's done it again. That's exactly it. You yeah. know, oh, here he goes, here he goes, sabotage, self-destruct, explode, you know, what? what's he doing this for? And what were you like before that injury, when you were at Blackpool? Did, did you know that, you, that something wasn't right with you, or was it just the injury that brought it all on when you thought? It, it was the injury that brought it to a head, but if I look before then, I displayed behaviours that showed that that was the way I was going to cope with things. And I, by that, I mean addictive personality. Oh my good lord! You know, I think you almost need it to get into football. Like addictive, almost obsessive, compulsive about being the best, ritualistic. You know, day in day out doing this. You know, I showed all those traits from uh, from an early age, and not only that, people pleasing. I was desperate for everyone else to like me. It. it if you didn't like me, I had to do everything within my power to make you like me. Uh, and that was compounded again by the selection process when I got into first team football. You know, everything was to make the gaffer want to pick me. And all of that meant that I could never be content with me. You know, I was always desperate for you to make me feel good, mm. for you to say I was good enough, for you to say I was good enough. And if there was, if there was ever any doubt around it, I fucking capitulate you know I, I was absolutely done for I didn't have an anchor in me to say do you know what Clark you're good enough mate uh, and you don't need him to tell you you don't need him to tell you um, yeah so when you talk about did I show it beforehand at Blackpool my goodness Jonathan I can't remember his surname Jonathan someone who wrote for the um, the Gazette in Blackpool uh, he doesn't know how much power he had over me on a Monday morning with his scores. With his scores. Mate, really? his scores for me on a Monday absolutely controlled my week. They either destroyed me or, or they built me up to make me think I was good. We had exactly the same thing from Baz Rathbone, didn't we? Really? He said he used yeah. to drive down at five in the morning to when they used to come off Sunday the train. Nationals, one he used to come mm -hmm. off the train then so, so he could be the first one to have a look and see what he got. And it's incredible, isn't it? Now, some people can dismiss him. They're like, oh, whatever. But what was always going through my mind, especially when you get higher up the leagues and you say, like, it's the goals on, goals on Monday or goals on Sunday in the, in the sun, Sunday goals. Like, I know I've played well. I know I've done my job. I'm like, yeah, I'm not browning out the game there. He didn't get a sniff. We got beat 2-0 maybe, but I've done my job. I know it. I did it really well. I look in the paper and I get a five. And I'm like, fuck. Two and a half million people are going to think I had a crap game. <laughs> you know, it's not that that guy gave me a five. It's that there are two and a half million people who didn't go to that game, didn't see me play well, and they're going to think I was shit on Saturday and I wasn't. Mm. It was that external ratification that absolutely drove me insane. You know, I, I was, it was going round in my mind. And I'm an overthinker, mate. I'm a ruminator. <laughs> so, if you, so if you got an eight, if you got an eight in the paper, yeah. would that set you up for the week? It, I'd, in, in your, in your, in I'd have a bounce, mate. I'd have a bit of swagger going in on, on a Monday. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And do you know what would be... <laughs> the, the weird one is if I got an eight and I know I'd had a, I'd had a stinker. I'm like, oh, I got away with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a right result. The thing like, is, oh, like, my mum thinks I played I, well. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, do you know, do you know if I'd have been in, in, in Clark's dressing room not knowing how we were feeling and he got an eight in the paper even on the Monday morning I'd have come in and said 
who the fucking hell's wrote that before? It's <laughs> <laughs> not knowing that that would have affected. I don't, yeah. I, I, you got a fucking seven. Who, who the fucking hell's wrote this? You know what I mean? Seven, you were shit. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'd have been like Monday morning. Uh, obviously, not knowing yeah. that how, how I would have been affected. Yeah, so I, I'd, I'd probably be done me. it. I'd, I'd probably like affected people's weeks over the years. Where, where do you stand on that? You know the the the, the changing room crack. What he's just just said. You know because there is people. That will take it to heart. They won't show it. Yeah. But they'll go home and, and Stuart will go, Fuck. and they'll come in and, like I say, it'll affect the week. It'll come in and it'll be. It'll massively affect the week. Uh, people, they, you're 100% right, mate. There, there are teammates that I've been with over the year who do not know how much they, they've psychologically destroyed me on a daily basis. And I'll go home and I'll run it through my mind. I'll run through scenarios when, oh, I could have said this and I could have said that. Oh, and then I'd have poked him in his right eye. <laughs> you know, and, and that'll be with me for the rest of the day until bit, there's something, something that can... But the, the thing of the, the matter is, is you can't know unless yeah. that someone communicates it with you. And I, I kind of learnt my lesson from Burnley. So from Burnley, I was chair of the PFA and I started to change my thinking. I started changing my thinking because we were doing stuff, we kick it out and, and stuff like that. And I was thinking, do you know what? I'm feeding into this. I'm the guy who's joining in with all that. Oh, he's a raving iron and all that. Hey, oh, this is fantastic banter. And it's not really, mm. you know, especially not if that guy is. Like you said, what, what if he is going through something and I've just hit it right on the head in, in, in a joke? So after Burnley, I, I went in, I, I say, look, this is my core banter. I'm going to batter your mum and I'm going to batter your missus. And, and if you don't like it, tell me yeah. and I won't, you know, but this is going to be stop banter. Yeah. Like, oh, it's soaking out there just like your missus. But if you don't want that, then tell me now yeah. because yeah. I won't do it. You yeah. know, and doing and a I'm, squat. Oh, fucking there she is. Mrs. Brown. There she is. It's not your Mrs. Brown. This is Michael Brown. <laughs> so, I, I used to in, I used to in the game. I used to battle the lads in like, teammates in the game. What <laughs> the game of going off. Uh, Even if they're, if they're playing well, yeah. you'll fucking better liven up you. <laughs> Fuck off. You know what I mean? And but it's hard know. to know because some people need that mm. some people need a rocket at the backside and they'll show you Chris Eagles was one of them you know you got him angry he'd have the best game of his life but if he went in swanning he would swan around yeah. you know and he wouldn't do the other stuff but um, yeah conversely if someone else overstepped the mark with, with something that I feel that I've got to say no I'd be, all I would say is oi kick it out and then we'd all start laughing. Yeah. But that's it me putting my boundary down, you know, <laughs> like that I'm not I'm not accepting that. Yeah. You know, and then gradually everyone came round to it. Uh, and then they, they were they were putting back and forth and, and everyone's mum was game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to have it with Lonna's as mum. I'll tell you what you your mum is fucking beautiful. <laughs> he, used to, mate, he used to go off his tits. Fuck, he used to do it with mine. <laughs> I mean, honest, honestly, I, I used to I used to be on Lonners all the time. All, I used to have him cowering in the corner in the in the showers. But you see that that's like a. a, a... That's like a trophy, isn't it? You're like, yeah, I used to batter him, yeah. totally grind him down. It's awesome, isn't it? Mate, you absolutely ground him down. Yeah. The, the kid's an absolute bag of jackies. Yeah. And it, it, it probably was. But the, the thing from his point of view, though, 
you do it when you like somebody. That's, yes. That's the, that's yeah. The, yeah. Strange thing. But it if, doesn't if, necessarily relay like that, does it, no, afterwards? No. no. <laughs> but it's like, like Lonners, come on, let's have a feeling of Lonners. No, no, come on, let's have a feeling of. And as soon as he'd put his shampoo in, and his, obviously his eyes are closed, I'd just go up and start chugging it. And I'd have been cowering in the corner like that. Parky, fucking leave off with you. Right, it was only when... Uh, Daily, this. <laughs> it was only at Burnley I started to get into... Oh, Oh, yeah, I did. I, I really got into it actually. All the, yeah, I'll give that here. Yeah. <laughs> I really got into hey, it. Oh, mate, can I, can I have a bit of that? Like a milkman. <laughs> oh, get up there. It was, uh, but the Rob... first thing I'd ask, uh, oh. me and you were getting new, new player in. Right, I, don't you get in shower without me today. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see exactly what you've got. But is that, accept- is that acceptable? Is probably that right? not. No. Probably not. No. no. Now, no, it's not, mate. No. But we, we grew up in an era where it was break you or make you. Yeah. You know, and the, that banter, it was aggressive, mate. Mm. It, it was aggressive, it was confrontational, and you had to, you had to broaden your shoulders to get through it because. You were going to get worse on the pitch. Yeah. You were going to get worse from the stands. <clears throat> and Mike Davis at Blackpool, he, he was the one just saying what you you said then, Brownie. Um, he said, "Look, you you should start worrying when we stop shouting at you. When we stop shouting at you, it means that's it. We're yeah. done Give with up. you. We're done Give with up. you. Yeah." He said, "But as long as we're shouting at you, you take the information. We're trying to build you up." And it's only him telling me that at 19 years, uh, 18 years of age when I was nearly crying after one resi game, um, that I kind of changed my approach with it, tried to take the information from the shouting as opposed to the shouting itself. Yeah. There's not uh, much information you can take from somebody wanting to shag your mum though, is there? <laughs> well, there is. It's like, you know, I think my mum needs to be tagged, so I know where she is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put her up on, where's my iPhone? <laughs> I used to get the piss taken out of me at Blackpool for being... Uh, intellectual and erudite they, they, they slapped it out of me yeah yeah. did you try and change uh, yes I did and I have and I have and I had to I had to I think um, that era the the 90s uh, you, you you either confront or you conform and if you confronted then in a league 2 club as a, as a young black kid you're out on your ear mate so I, I went there and I had the beginnings of dreads. My head was all like a pineapple, <laughs> like uh, Jason Lee. Yeah. And, um, and the youth team manager said, fucking get rid of them for starters. Like, next day, boom, gone. 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 You, you get labelled a big town little bastard. Yeah. yeah. Who's this chirpy little twat here? Mm. 17 years old. But those were the days when you listened, weren't they? Mm. You know, I, I listened to it because it, it, in that time, everything was about work and reward and... You, you were on £27.50 a week and you were desperate to get in into the A team to get your £4 appearance. And then you were desperate to get into the reserve team to get your £15 appearance and your, and your £10 win bonus. And then, you know, to make that step into the first team, each one saw you shift through a dressing room at the training ground. And there was a status, there was a, a feeling of, being, of earning that progression. But it, I don't think that happens nowadays. I, I think you get... You get young lads who are, who are on 30, 40, 50 grand a week and they, they've not played a minute's first team football. You know, there is there is no yeah. resi football. There's no sense of, of work and reward to progress through the system. But that being said, they get tret nicer, you know, and they're coming through an academy where they're being brought up, hopefully, like whole human beings. 
and they understand the other side but it's hard to understand the other side of an 18 year old's life when you've got 50 grand a week in the bank yeah I, that's the thing I don't you're not think, living like an 18 you're not I don't think they'd, they'd be bothered either you know if, no. you, if, if you look in the paper and you get to five whether you take it deep or, or not you still think you take it you, you think about it a little bit these will be looking going I'm not that bothered I'm getting I'm getting this, this amount of much money exactly I, I think so anyway I don't think it means as much if you're getting no, 40 grand a week. I wouldn't have tried as hard Yeah, if I was on that. Oh, I man, I'd, have done, I'd done three years' job done. See you later. <laughs> true, though. I was true. Right? I had a bottle of bar in Magaluf, job done. 22-year-old bar. I'd be like, like fucking whale in it, in Magaluf. <laughs> I'd still be like, him now with my fucking grey eyes. <laughs> Not with quite the physique. <laughs> was that Linnickers? And Was it next to the Soul Train? Do you remember Linnickers and the Soul Train? Where was that? In Tenerife. Tenerife. Oh, oh my in, goodness. In the, uh, up just halfway up the hill. Yeah, on the Tenerife corner. 97. <laughs> <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> oh, my If it had gone in uh, 2004, we could have come in my bar, Parkins. <laughs> <laughs> Who were manager when you came through? Uh, I saw a few off, to be fair. Oh, yes. Uh, Big Sam Allardyce signed me at 16. Oh, I um, didn't even know he was there. Yeah. 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 Do you know what? He only left because Blackpool were in the playoffs. They, they hadn't conceded two goals at home all season. So they went away to Bradford, beat Bradford 2-0, Valley Parade. And then in the home leg, had all the Wembley travel in the, in the programme. Like, oh, book your tickets to Wembley and all this. Got beat 3-0 at home in the second leg. What, and they got sacked? Well, he, I don't design. know whether he got sacked or just like walked out, but um, yeah, that was his that was his last game, and I, I went that summer. Uh, who was the first gaffer? Nigel Worthington. No, Gary Megson. Really? Oh, yes, Gary! Gary he keeps popping up. He does. Keeps <laughs> <laughs> popping up, Gary, doesn't yeah. he? He does. What was he like? Uh, old school, old school. He, he, everything was about running. Uh, he, he was a gaffer, and, and if you were. If you hadn't played 50, 50 first team games, don't even bother speaking to me. You know, you're just totally unapproachable. But then my views warped because he caught me smoking. I caught me smoking around the back of the, the stand at, at Blackpool <laughs> and, uh, and made me run around <laughs> the training pitch for a week. <laughs> so I had to turn up at nine o'clock in the morning. I was, I was 16. I'd turn up at nine o'clock in the morning and start running. And then I was allowed to come in at lunch at half 12 and have a sandwich. And then I had to get on the rower at one and start rowing. And, and then I was done when all the lads had done their jobs bike. at four. God, so I, yeah, I was gasping bike. after that. <laughs> <laughs> I went up to 15 a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fittest I've ever been. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it was, yeah, Gary Megson uh, and Mike Phelan. Mike Phelan was with him. Um, Man United, Mike Phelan. Yeah. Uh, and then Nigel Worthington with Mick Hennigan. You'll know Mick Hennigan, surely. Rings a bell. Uh, oh, proper. I I'm not sure if he's Barnsley or Doncaster, but proper. Thou not thee, lad. Thou not thee. <laughs> Sounds like Sam <laughs> oh. right, he was he was awesome. I used to love him. You need to treat treat that football like it's your last. Lover, caresser. Oh, cheers, Mick. 
<laughs> he, whenever we had try lists, he would never call them by their names. Never. I'm not sure if it was just because he was old or out of disrespect. And he'd be like, Oi, Aston Vanilla, get over here. <laughs> Some young kid from Villa. Oh, ruthless. <laughs> Aston Vanilla. <laughs> so, so Nigel Worthington, uh, they could make one of the funniest things. Uh, you know, you, you just get into the first team squad and everyone is quite, it's intimidating, isn't it? You know, big characters in there. Um, in, in my first team squad, my first first team squad, you got Andy Priest and Tony Ellis up top, um, Lee Philpot, James Quinn, uh, Mickey Mellon, uh, and Mark Bonner in the middle of the park. Uh, who was at the back? T- uh, Tony Butler, not big Tony Butler. Uh, Jason Lydia, Marvin you said you Bryan. rubbish before we started. <laughs> yeah, you're not doing so bad. <laughs> I'm just From reading, 1997? I'm reading this off Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 Andy Barlow, Steve Banks in oh, goal. Oh, Andy Barlow. Oh. Coaching Andy Barlow. Yes, yeah. So all these guys, blah, 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 blah. And you get into the dressing room and uh, you've got Tony Ellis uh, and Andy Priest, the big guys doing all this. And then there's like a changing of the guard. So when there's a change of the guard and Gary Brabin signed for us. Do you remember Gary Brabin? I remember his name. Absolute yeah. unit. I think he's on the coaching staff at Everton now. But he used to bench press the full stack on the machine with two YTs stood on each arm. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like rack them off. He was a bounce around Liverpool like, on, on a Sunday night and then come and, come and play, train and play in the week. He's just ridiculous. But... Uh, one time Brabs was squaring up to Nigel Worthington in the dressing room I don't know he'd give a pass away or something he was like yeah yeah and Nigel went you wouldn't hit me Brabs cocked his arm back Mick Hennigan dived in like no took one right on the forehead boom he's not he's not Mick Hennigan into the drinks table he's gone over and I was like whoa whoa Brabs takes six of us to take him off Mick's like oh I've took it I've took this one we look round and Nidge's under the table he's cowering under the table oh my goodness he was from that day the lads lost all respect for him <laughs> it was like Wexit. We wanted, we wanted Nidge to go and everyone wanted Mick to be the guy. <laughs> Mick was a hero. Wexit. Dived in like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Worthy to do shit back. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> oh, I'm not getting in the way of that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the way of really auto anyway. No chance. You can take him out in the Uta. wore it like a badge of honour. This little bullet hole in the centre of his forehead. Brilliant. You wouldn't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> We're at a proper step up then going to QPR. Uh, it was Jerry Francis, the raccoon. Yeah, what? Jerry. Um, he took me down there and it was a big step up because obviously it was it was two leagues because we got relegated and then it was going to championship. And do you know what? It it wasn't that big a, a step up because what, what I found was um, lower league football, especially at that time, was, was brutal. It was brutal. You know, you, you had probably two 
Big John's up top, yeah. you know, and, and they were counting so on, on wingers coming in behind. <laughs> <laughs> Drop off a yard. It, it was just, you know, smash it up there and battle, <laughs> battle with the, with the Goliath. Whereas you got to that level, and teams wanted to play a little bit, yeah. you know. And and Jerry played with three centre halves, so I was getting encouraged to get down the outside. I remember overlapping our wing back, putting crosses in. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was. It was awesome. But the step up from there to the Premier League is. It's a chasm. It was massive. Yeah. Um. You get you get so much time in the Premier League, and then you blink, and you're a goal down. You know, people pass the ball around, they keep it, keep it, keep it, and you're on your shape, and you're feeling nice and cosy, and then all of a sudden it's just like zip, zip, zip. What what just happened? Yeah. You know, I, I, it was totally different. I I did not have the capability to survive in that league. Just the spatial awareness, the, the understanding of the movement of these guys. Nah. My motto was, if it moves, kick it. And if it doesn't, kick it till it does. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I stole a 17-year career off that. And, well, no, I could edit as well. I've got, I've got this bone in the middle of my head, and it just means I can head anything. <laughs> so how are, you, <laughs> so how, are you moving, how are you moving to London then? The, now, the, the London yeah. scene and all that. What I, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I was uh, twenty years of age, uh, coming from Blackpool, which is quite a decent nightlife as it is, yeah. even though it's seasonal. You know, going to it was a seedy then. Seasonal. You know, going going down to London it was incredible. It's just twenty four seven, isn't it? You know, you could you could do what you wanted when you wanted and. When I was going from 500 quid a week to two and a half grand a week at, at 20 in 2000, that was, that was huge for me. Yeah. You know, from an account, a council estate in Preston, you know, I, I was Billy Big Bananas. <laughs> uh, and um, and I, the thing is, is I, sometimes I regret it and sometimes I don't. I lived as such. You know, I, I'm very used to being without, so being without again wouldn't have bothered me yeah does that make sense so <laughs> rather than um stockpiling it which i'm sure my children now wish i had rather than stockpiling it uh, um and and even i wasn't like lavish with it it wasn't mm. like uh you know i had loads of cars or a massive house or anything it's two bed house in preston uh, in acton I just used to love spending it on everyone, just sharing it. Just I think a lot of it, a lot of it, fed into that. I want you to like and love me, you yeah. know, the people pleasing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've got to say, standing back, I had a wonderful time in London, mate. It was awesome. I encourage my kids now. I'm like, you, you've got it. You've got to do it just for a period of time, at least. Mm. You know, go and live in a major city and experience the the diversity of big city life. The the way that it's always on and and the culture in it that's where I got introduced to, to opera you know <laughs> not Oprah we don't live in the three bed one next to it <laughs> yeah I got introduced to opera and classical music and stuff and, and, hold on and a minute who are QPRs intro introducing you to opera or are you is this uh, no it was my circle of friends outside of that right. actually I don't know how you guys were with, with, with lads in football but I had very single serving friendships because um, because I moved a lot of clubs, I think I had 13, 14 clubs in my career. Um, you, you kind of make friends 
and then all of a sudden you move and they're the enemy and now you've got new friends yeah. and you've got a new community you know new next door neighbours and you're like hi yeah I'm not going to get to know you because next year you know oh, boom, I'm off dun 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 yeah. dun and it's all very single serving <laughs> so you keep it all separate yeah so I, I go and the only lad I got to know well at QPR was Richard Langley because we both did our cruciates in the same game and we were both out uh, I was out for two years he was out for just over one year, but the difference being, I was two years and done. He, he's broke down like three times in the future and then caused him to retire. Mm -hmm. So that's the only genuine friendship I made at QPR. Yeah. But after that, everything's like kind of superficial. Yeah, you know? Ships in the night, aren't Yeah, you? it is yeah. because um, I've been trying to get rid of one for fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just keep turning up. Well, just actually, get rid of him. I thought this was an audition for hosting. <laughs> 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 Come to the end of the room, go. <laughs> nice knowing you. I'm very sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> did, did you just not bother them with the social events? Uh, there weren't many. No. There weren't many. No, the the there's always an age divide. You know, the senior lads do what they're doing, younger lads do what they're doing. But when you've got a club that's in central London, no one lives in central London. You know, everyone lives all around and about yeah. and. Because I did live in Acton, which was, you know, like centre west, there was no one there. So I had to make my own friends around about. Yeah. So I got a, a, a girlfriend there and I got introduced to her friends and that's where my yeah. social circle came from. So Was that dangerous though? Because they could obviously do what they wanted. 100% dangerous. After that, I, I got, along, like. became friends with an actor, a, a former para, a radio producer and a band manager. We all lived together in one house of debauchery. Oh dear. And as you can imagine, between- I like the sound of this. <laughs> between that group of people, we could go pretty much anywhere at any time or add invites to anything at any time. And, uh, and they could do that. You know, they could do the Monday through Sunday if they wanted to. And me with the huge FOMO that I had, uh, I wanted to do it as well. Uh, and the it crept crept into my daily life. I always had the night before a match as like the Sabbath, you know, I'd never drink yeah. the night before a match, but even, even I crossed that boundary at QPR. And that was because of my inability to say no to the people around me who didn't have the responsibilities that I had, <coughs> you know, on, on the next day. Was it a case of as well that you didn't want to upset, that you didn't want to let them down by not going well, out? That, that's exactly it, you know. I, it's, I, I wanted to make sure. I thought that if I said no or didn't get in, in, engaged with them, they might not like me, yeah. they might not want to hang around me anymore. Exactly. Even though we lived together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, they're, they're, like, they're sneaking downstairs. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something else that always happens as well, and it probably happens in every other workplace, but more so in a football club, is kind of, you get a label, you get a label as the joker, the drinker, the shagger, you know, and whoever you are, you kind of... You've just, you've just, you've just, 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 <laughs> and I can guarantee you, I'm not the shagger. <laughs> I can guarantee you that, but nothing. I'll have the, uh, I'll just, just sit, sit and talk to the fat one when we... <laughs> Set one for yeah. the team. You can't say that anymore. <laughs> Big girls need love too. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, if you've got any, any larger ladies who listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not looking too fucking great. The they, were say, they, were, they were saying exactly the same fucking thing. <laughs> You're trying to tell me I've got to, I've got to sit and talk to the fat grey one. <laughs> you left me with the fat Philip Scorpio. <laughs> 
I, I'm not the only one. The only women played a two out of ten game. I want a two. But I'm comfortable with it. Like, I'm comfortable with it. As long as I was sat near a bar, I'm fine. Oh, I'm anchored in. Friends with benefits. Oh, I'm dear. totally, totally, uh, totally uh, fine with a bit of two. I don't mind that at all. <laughs> that, that's made him fucking chuckle. That isn't it? <laughs> crying here. <laughs> Yes, right, mate. That, so you were out. So you, were you out every night? At one stage, yeah. Whilst yeah. you were injured, or well, is this while you were playing? Um, it's easy when you're injured. It started isn't it? when I was injured, <laughs> yeah. and then actually, you, you know, you know how you have this. Um, there, there is a, a level of dedication that's necessary in the, in the game, even if you are loose with it and you get away with stuff. There, there is, you know, that there's a line that you can't cross, and I was facing. Retirement and walking with a stick, you know. So I, I, I went. What age you say? Sorry, this was twenty-one. Right. Uh, so I, I went nuts for a period of time. I was just on it. Uh, Dial a crate in London company. Just deliver beer to your house. Any time at night. Any, any time of day, twenty-four-seven. Uh, crate of Carlin, two bottles of Shab. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 40 marble lights thank you very much were you just on your own just would you sit yeah, in your room and on, do on it on my own two bed two bed flat in Acton just get absolutely battered mate and, uh, until you passed out or, or did you just think did you get to the point where you thought I've had enough now. Pl- no there was never a, I've had enough there were plenty of times that I passed out uh, it was the first time that I went into a bookies do you remember when Bucky's used to be seedy, smoky places? Your shopping yeah. used to be like uh, stars, stars in the eyes, eyes in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm going to be skint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's when it started. But then there came a point where the physio was like, right, we're not sure if this is is going is gonna to repair. So... You got six months, and if it doesn't, then you know that I think that's the end of your career. So I gave it for that all six months. I stopped smoking for that all six months. Oh. You know, I know it's a big <laughs> so, thing so for me. Do, do, do you know when you said you were in in your room just getting twatted on your own? Yeah. So did you think you had a problem then with drink, or if you could just say, right, I'm just going to stop, or did it just become a habit, as in that's just what my day were like? Not, I'm not dependent on it, but that's just what my day were. Looking back now. I can see that that's where the problem was because I was drinking because I was miserable and I was scared and I was afraid. Sat there at that time, I thought, I've got bugger all else to do. Yeah. You know, I, I'm on my own, 250 miles from home. I, I, I no longer have football. I, I, for, for two months, I couldn't leave my flat. I, I was actually, you know, housebound for two months. So... It was all I could do. Mm. You know, there was bugger all else for me to do. But for that six months, when the, you got given that news about... He it said, it's this, a, yeah. Shit did you just knock it on the head? I knocked everything on the head. I, mate, I, I don't think I've ever trained so hard in all my life. Honestly, you know, doing them fr- frog b- 
bur- like crouch burpee things or all the way pitch lengths and back and lengths and back we were sharing a, a training ground with uh, with London Wasps at the time and I remember D- Josh Lucy and Lawrence Delalio said mate that was a session and when they say that to you mate I felt proud yeah. I thought we, could, we used to come in at like you know it is well quarter to ten ten o'clock getting ready for half ten training these guys had finished a session they're going into the cafeteria and they're having salmon, mash, taters, steak. I'm like, uh, Cocoa Pops, please. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? You know, they were absolute animals. So yeah, say to see the way that they worked and then they, you know, mm. comment, they commented on my session. I was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I gave my all and, uh, and I got back and I got back to fitness and, uh, and that was, it was an awesome day. It, it it fell in tandem with my best school friend, my best mate from school, coming down to London, and we moved in together. So I got fit. He came down, and we said, "Right, we're going to have two weeks of celebration. <laughs> we're have two weeks of celebration." Come in my room. We're not moving out of my room. We're staying here. So we, we moved in together. We got a bachelor pad on uh, number two Beaver Grove. Oh. We, we didn't even go and visit it. <laughs> we saw it in the paper. We went, "There it is." <laughs> That is it. That's the Two one. beaver grove. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving in. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> we went and moved in and uh, we had two weeks of celebration. We're going to go out every day for two weeks. This was still in uh, in pre-season. So I was like, right, I'll, I'm with you and I can do it because I know I'm going to be running my nuts off the next day. But I'm a man. And then two weeks became three, became four, became five. We get into the season and I start to bring back the day before a game as kind of, you know, holy. Um, but it didn't take too long for, for that to go again. And yeah, it was it was probably about five or six weeks into the season, I think. My memory's vague. My memory's vague around specific dates and times, around specific t- years in my life. You know, we lost a playoff final at QPR. Yeah. Uh, we lost a playoff final at Millennium Stadium. Cardiff. We got beat 1-0 by Cardiff in extra time. From that game, I can't remember the rest of that summer. The, the entirety of that summer, I can't tell you where I went. I can't tell you who I was with. I, I, I could not identify a single day. Um, and that was all through me drinking to get away from feeling like a failure. Mm. For getting beaten the getting beaten the playoff final, mate. But oh. would you, on the flip side of that, if you'd have won the playoff final, would it have just been exactly the same? It, for it's the summer? highly possible. Mm. It's highly possible. Yeah, I don't think I'd have. Dr- uh, looking back now, knowing what what I, I do about myself, I wouldn't have drank to the same intensity. Mm. You know, I, I I drank because I I was shit scared of, of emotions. Mm. I was shit scared of feeling like less than. Uh, and and that all harps back to when I tried to kill myself when when I just got injured, everything tied in with that. Mm. So whenever I felt anything that felt remotely like that, like ah, like panic, panic, yeah. you know, gotta get run away, gotta run away, get me away from this, get me away from this, and that's what I did. So you can imagine losing losing a game of that magnitude. Oh, and to put it in context, the following summer we got promoted automatically, and I didn't touch a drop. And I'd only just been out the clinic and, and sober like four months, you know, and I was still able to have that go on the bus from Sheffield. We, we got promoted at Chef Wednesday all the way down to London. I have uh, two parties, I have a parade round White City 
uh, with you know what it's like when you you have a promotion you've got bins of beer on the coach mm. and everyone's had a that and I was just sat with me Hoy de Monterey cigar with a driver down the front. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have a large cognac, please, Michael. Uh, no, I won't, actually. Uh, I'll, I'll just have this cigar. <laughs> you know, so conversely, thinking about it, no, I don't think I would have drank to the same intensity yeah. because that was all about masking failure, whereas enjoying success is different. Yeah. Mm. That's bad. Full summer. Full summer, not knowing... If, Not you a clue. Left, if you left the country or uh, a couple of times we did uh, my friend and I we, we <laughs> is this the same yeah housemate yeah we used to go out with our passports just in case and we just read Luke Reinhardt the dice man have you read it no oh it changed my life for two weeks mate is that the <laughs> where you, you go by the dice go by the dice see what happens just see yeah 12 options bang off roll you the go. dice whenever it lands on that's what you do that's what you do oh Should mate start. Start. 7 is Vegas. Yep. Yeah. Boom. Three gone. is Marbella. Yeah. Uh, two is uh, go and break that window. Uh, a double twelve is drink twelve pints back to back within within three minutes. You're just like, yeah, come on, let's do it. Boom. <laughs> Number one, we'll stay in. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> roll again. Roll again. <laughs> that's a, that's not a one match. <laughs> They waited, them guys. They waited. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you, that, so you did that. that that's, you played for two weeks that game. Uh, I, I can't remember how long we played it. I, I know that's that, that's how it started, uh, and that whole summer's gone, mate. Absolutely what were you? Gone. What were your pal doing? What were his? What were his job? What were his crack? Uh, he'd been medically discharged from uh, from the Paris. He had sciatica, so he was waiting all assessment and everything, and he was just going through. So we've not got not got any responsibilities no, to no, do anywhere. Time. No, he was just it's, figuring out what he was going to do next. And he was probably in a bad way himself. Psychologically, yeah. looking back, mate, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I seen something about you. You thank Holloway for, for yeah. helping you out. Yeah. Is that right? Did you did he kick you off the bus or something? Yeah. When it, was that? Was that before? That was that before your injury? After injury? That was after my injury. Um, it was after uh, the playoff final defeat. It was the following season, the season we got promoted. Um, when I said, like, there's two weeks celebration, or yeah. no, I lost the whole summer, blah, 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 come back to work, it just cracked on. And um, the day before a game was no longer holy. You know, I was just going and doing whatever I, I, I wanted. You're having proper nights out before the game, two or three, four o'clock nights. Or... Uh, not, not before, <coughs> not before the game. No, I would be drinking the night before the game. Uh, Thursday nights, I'd be having a proper night out till, uh, till whenever. Thursday night was Kensington Roof Gardens. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a whole circuit because there was. Um, these two guys, Glenn and Gary Sewell, uh, owned, a, owned like a function a company called Scintillate, and uh, and they used to put on nights, a different night at a different place, and we just did that circuit through the week. Um, so how were you feeling on a Saturday at three o'clock? On a Saturday at three o'clock, I was incredibly focused. Um, it's one thing that I've always said is if people turn a blind eye to what you're doing um, but you're still accountable for the match day you can be guaranteed that I am going to do everything within my power to make sure I don't make a mistake on that match day because I, I need to 
make sure that people keep overlooking what I'm doing during the week. Yeah. So it kind of feeds into itself. <coughs> yeah. But the pub knows all the time. Yeah. People know, I remember Mark Bertram, Steve Palmer, Kevin Gallen. You know, in their own rights, uh, not Palms, but Kevin Birchie, you know, they, they love a night out, but they always did it right. And they're like, clocky, you know, what's going on? I'm like, oh, nothing, mate. Don't you worry about me. You know, I'm, I'm doing my job on a, on a Saturday. When I came into training, I trained hard because I knew I had to. Uh, and it kind of fed into itself because I trained hard, sweated, had a shower, felt a million dollars. Mm. Ready to go again. Ready to go. And go, go dangerous, to, isn't it? Yeah. So, so at three o'clock on a Saturday, you're focused. Is you, are you feeling physically able to play the game? I am feeling physically <laughs> able. I can do it. Um, I'm concentrating because I'm desperate not to make a mistake. You concentrated more because you knew you'd... Out uh, of fear yeah, rather yeah. than aspiration. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I have to get through this game. I have to get through this yeah. game. Uh, and so I, I'll do my level best. Don't get me wrong, I have no doubts that I could have played better and more consistently had I not been on the source. No doubts whatsoever. And to flip that back, if you if you're not been on the source, you might have been getting a seven, eight instead of a five, six in the paper, mm. which obviously you affected you mentally as think, well as you know what I mean you know, so you, you, you were getting a 6 when you could have got a 7 which would have been alright for the full week is that yeah. the primary fear aspect though <clears throat> that getting the low score uh, oh, that's a good question not at that point not not at QPR because otherwise no. you'd be what you I don't put, you you kind of your escapism otherwise is not to achieve your final goal yeah you you're kind of going out drinking to forget about but really if, if that was your sole focus to get that better score you wouldn't be going drinking as your escapism your escapism would be focusing on improving yourself it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. and a perpetuating failure yeah yeah which is a lot of my thought cycles in my life um a, a key word for for me in my life is sabotage and it's all, yeah, self-sabotage. And it's almost like I need to have something in the locker as an excuse, yeah. just in case something goes wrong. Mm. You know, so I, if everything's gone 100% perfectly in, in, in the build-up, shit, because then it's only down to me. I've got no excuse I've, now. There's no excuse yeah. now. So, it, you know, it feeds... It feeds into later in my career. Eddie Howe came into Burnley and he said, right, no more English breakfast. I'm like, mate. You know, At the training ground? Or... Uh, no, day before a game. Oh, I, had a, oh. I had a full English day of a game for 12 years. you know. And then he came in and said, no. I was like, Eddie, I've been doing this for so long. And then he, he changed the whole menu. We had turkey rashes instead of bacon and venison sausages and you weren't allowed baked beans and all this malarkey. He's not happy. Fuck off, Eddie. Well, but, so what I used to do was go down into the hotel restaurant, have me full English, and then go into to the lad's breakfast. And I would tell everyone it's because I need me full English, you know. It's, it's what I've done forever. But... In the back of my head, do you know what? It's so that I had just a modicum of an excuse. Yeah. You know, just in case something goes wrong, I'd be like, oh, well, do you know, I should have maybe done it another way, and that's why I didn't play so well. Yeah. An excuse to tell other people or an excuse to make yourself feel better? Tell other people. Uh, uh, oh. I fucked up. I had a full English, so yeah. I, I fucked yeah. up. That's the reason I didn't play well. Yeah. Could always apportion the blame elsewhere other than on my own mm. shoulders, which is quite ridiculous because... Uh, 
I could do what I was afraid of not being able to do, you know, but I couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see it. And also, I mean, we've skipped over so much, but I I come out of a psychiatric hospital and one of the biggest fears in my life was being me, just authentically in everyday scenario, being me. My biggest social, my biggest anxiety is a social anxiety. So I can go and speak to... 100 people, go and play in front of 90,000 people, bump into someone in the street, or sit round a table with dinner with two people. Mate, I'm sweating, I'm shaking like a shitting dog. Uh, and I, I I, couldn't get over that. And that's, that's because I thought they would see the real me and they might not like it. Yeah. Whereas everyone else at a distance <laughs> only gets to see what I show them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So coming out of psychiatric hospital, I'm like. So wait, just just flip it back then. So that season, it's got to the point where you're, you're out Friday, Fridays. Has he in other way recognised this and said, "Look, you need to get yourself sorted out. You need summer." He, he hasn't said anything to me directly, as far as I can remember. Is anybody else picking up on it? But yeah, but like I said, you know, lads like Mark Bertram, yeah. Kevin Gallen, Steve Palmer, they've all picked up on it. And when that happens, and especially their senior players, and I'm still only early twenties at this point, um, you know, you know where to be now, don't don't you? You know, and um, and then I got on a bus and I was absolutely stinking. Uh, we'd only stopped drinking. It was a six o'clocker. We'd we'd watch the Oscars. We had an Oscars party, um, and and we were going to Colchester, I think. So it was an overnighter. It wasn't the day of a game. It was the Friday. The Friday. Friday yeah, morning. it was the day before we were travelling, and uh, and Ollie came on a bus. He was like, "Yeah, absolutely stinking. Get off, get off, get off. Come in, come in tomorrow and train with the kids." And, uh, and and I'll see you on Monday. Uh, but I didn't. I just went straight from there to the pub, put me bag behind the bar. Drank all day that Friday. Uh, straight in the pub again Saturday morning. In fact, I, I, can't, I can't remember exactly where I was that Friday night. Uh, but I was in the pub watching uh, Soccer Saturday. A lad scored and I was like, yes, go on lads. And I'm like, oh, what, the fucking, what are you doing? You know, sat in a pub, watching the score come in, a team that you should be playing for in the career that you've wanted to do ever since you were mm. five years of age, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it, it was a little bit of a, uh, an epiphany. And I called Ollie and I said, Ollie, I, I want to stop drinking, but I just can't. I can't say no for some reason. And that's why I always thank him because 2003 this was, and football is ruthless you know it's ruthless and he could have said apparently I think he was thinking about sacking me because of what I'd done Um, and with me admitting where I was at he had every right to sack me Um, but he said Clark I don't know the answer uh, but I'll find a man who does and it was from there he took me to uh, Tony Adams clinic in, in Lipuk and uh, the PFA paid for me to go through the clinic 28 days uh, and I came out of there sober and fit because that's what they do you know they marry that with your physical training <clears throat> got back in the side and, and got player of the month for that first month with ginger hair 
It was ridiculous. I dyed my hair ginger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried to dye it blonde, but it came out ginger. <laughs> so, so it's a home job. So I do. I do. I do. I do uh, did you phone him that Saturday then, or did you? Was it the Saturday that you phoned him after the game, or? Uh, I spoke to him on the Sunday because Sunday. I was supposed to be in on the Saturday. Didn't turn up. Uh, supposed to be on the Sunday. Didn't turn up, and I called him on the Sunday from the pub. So that's when you thought, right? This is this is me. I need to get. Yeah, this sounds stuff. like rock bottom. Pretty much, mate. Pretty much for uh, for that situation. Yeah, it sounds like rock bottom, but you know what? In the context of my life, it wasn't, right? It it, it wasn't at that time. Yeah, at that wasn't. time it was. Um, at that time, I thought I was an alcohol addict. I thought I was addicted to alcohol, and that alcohol was ruining my life. I went to the clinic, stopped drinking, I was sober for two years, but still I was sabotaging in dramatic mm. ways. So it's only now I look back that on all the things that I used to do, whether it was drinking or gambling or whatever it was, I was never addicted to them. I was always running away from me. Mm. And once I came out of psychiatric hospital and I dealt with me, and it took, it's taken like 14 months of counseling for me to get to this place of wellness, and I, I know who I am. The, there's no attraction in the stuff I used to run to. You know, now I'm comfortable where I'm at. I, I don't want to hide from anything. I don't need to escape from anything. Mm. So I, I'm all right, Jack. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, those things were attractive because I was desperately getting away from here. Mm. But now I'm happy here. I don't need to go yeah. there. So I, I could take or leave any of those things. So do you finally feel like you can be yourself? Uh, I, I can be myself. And, and this is the amazing thing is, I came out, I started to be myself. Do you know what? I'm an all right guy. <laughs> you know, I'm all right. Will be the judge of that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I, and and I'm, a, I'm a good father. I'm, I'm a loving husband and I'm all right. Well, it, class, it just astounded yeah. me. I'm sure with every change room you've been in, this is... Every change room you've been in, everybody will say that would have said that that you're a good lad, you're a great lad. You, you, you. But, but my perception of it is, is a thousand people could have said you were a good lad. Mm-hmm. If there were one person that said he's a dickhead, you'd listen to that one person yeah. instead of the thousand. Nailed on. That, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, this is something else I've had to learn. Is uh, I'm comfortable in me, and outside of me, there are certain opinions that matter uh, and ones that don't. And in my life, there's probably maybe half a dozen people whose opinions matter, genuinely matter, who I'll take on board, consider, maybe, you know, make some changes if necessary. There are 7.62 billion others that really don't. And uh, I I can't make you like me, Brownie. I I can't make that happen. You you can think exactly what you want to think. It has no direct effect on my life, Mm. you know? So if you like me or you don't, that's your bad. Mm-hmm. You know that—that's your decision to make. At least you know you're just being yourself. And that's yeah. And, and I'll be me. And as long as I can go home, look in the mirror, and think, yeah, I was true to myself today. I gave me best today. Well done, son. Well yeah. done. Go and have a good night's <coughs> kip. Yeah, that—that's it. Did did any of the other lads in the changing room at that time 
No, was it was it commonplace with the the severity of that you needed to go to the clinic? And... Um, whoa, that's a good question. No, I don't think it was commonplace because there'd only been maybe half a dozen guys who, who had admittedly gone to the clinic. You know, yeah. uh, Tony Adams, Paul Merson might have gone. Um, this this was still at the very you know early stages of, of people being. Not acceptant of guys going through rehab, but um, acceptant that that they can come back and still be part of a group, mm-hmm. you know. And because sometimes there were some guys in the dressing room who might think that my behaviour reflected or mirrored theirs, and yeah. they don't want to think that I've got a problem because that might mean that they've yeah. got a problem, yeah. and that's a kind of misunderstanding mm-hmm. because it, it the amount that you drink is irrelevant. You, you might go out and drink a million pints uh, uh, and you might go out and drink one. It's why you're drinking. The action is irrelevant. It's the motivation behind oh, the action. Yeah. You know, so if I was going to have a night out and I went out till six in the morning and the reason why I did it was because it was a Christmas do and I was having a great crack with, with, with my friends uh, and the places that it took us meant that it was there and we got home, that's wonderful. But if I go out for three hours, and I drink to get absolutely battered, and it's because I'm really, I, I, I don't want to think about what I'm going through, and and and, and I feel like this, and I, I need to not feel like this. Mate, that that's dangerous, mm-hmm. you know. So the amounts, the length, mm-hmm. you know, going on a lad's holiday for a week, that doesn't make you an alcoholic, you know. People get confused. Addiction and a physical addiction can be can be over overcome in two days. You, you can have a 48-hour, 72-hour detox. Physically, you're done. But your, your psychological or your emotional habitual need to get in there, that's something that takes work. You know, so... It, and understanding it, the reason why you want to go in. That's it. Why are you doing what you're doing? Not what are you doing? Yeah, and on the flip side of that, if the centre-halves in, in Clark's dressing room were not playing... They're quite happy he's doing that. Oh, you're not when, you, when, you yeah. go, when you go back to the start, when you said yeah. your first yeah. opponent's your, your teammate, yeah. Yeah. there'll be lads thinking, well, even fucking dropping it into the gaffer, it's fucking stinking today, isn't it? Mm. You know, stuff like that. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, that's a really good point, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> Should be a psychologist, man. <laughs> so, how much is this costing me? It's a good discussion, isn't it? <laughs> was about to sack me and he could have sacked me anyone could have done but but he got me the help that I needed at that time and the reason why I always say thank you to him is because he, he, he people are, are cutthroat in football it's a brutal industry but he didn't just get me the help I needed he went a step further and that Christmas 2003 because I was going to be in London on my own um, he invited me over to his house to have Christmas dinner with him and his family. Stayed stayed with them for a couple of days, which was uh, which was incredible. Oh, you know this guy with so so much charisma and energy, and in his own house, he's the quietest of us. You like Christmas, fucking It was incredible because uh, he, he has two deaf daughters, 
and um, and he's he's signing to them and shouting in their faces. What is this? It's a great gesture. Yeah, it's a magnificent gesture. And he looked after me as a human being and not as a footballer at his football club. And yeah. I, was I've he, got a lot of Was he still that. there then when you left? Yeah. Because yeah, they offered he you a new contract. He did. They, they offered me the best contract that I'd ever have had to date. Um, they offered me a contract that I wasn't going to get anywhere near for the next six years of my life. You don't know that at the time, like. Mm. Uh, but, uh, and this is important, I didn't leave for money reasons. You know, I'd come out of the clinic, I'd, I'd changed my whole circle of friends because, like we said, my friends didn't have the same responsibilities that I had. They, they were still doing, going out when they, when, um, they, they were still going out all the time. And it wasn't that um, I, I didn't like them anymore, but that just wasn't going to be couldn't, my couldn't circle. Of it. I couldn't that. do it, yeah. mate, you know. I, I couldn't do it, so... Um, I wanted to move back to be closer to my family. You know, get back up north and be close to family who can support you. New start? Yeah, definitely. Definitely a new start. You know, open a new page and maybe reinvent yourself. Yeah. Because that's what you can do in football. Football so, of formerly known as. Yeah. Re- I'm taff cap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> formerly known as Pisshead. <laughs> You must have still been doing really well on the pitch for him to offer you such a great contract. Yeah, well, that's just it. You know, we, without the distractions, I, I was, I was physically better. Mm. You know, I, I was, I was more athletic. Uh, my performances were more consistent. Um, so yeah, I was playing very well. Um, still, you know, I was still exploding in other ways that weren't as physically destructive as, as drinking was. So I would I wouldn't come into training for a couple of days, you know, because I've been at a casino or I've been asleep or stuff like that. Um, but again, at that time, we didn't realise that it was an issue. We just thought that I was an idiot. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So um, you 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 still not turn into training and at oh, times, yeah. yeah. Was yeah. it still Holloway? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's still. How Holloway. did he How did he deal with that? Um, I just because we. Because we'd opened the book to addiction and recovery and stuff, we'd opened communication lines, uh, and I would say to him, "Gaffer, I'm not, I'm not in today. I, I need to look after myself." And he, he would give me like the, you know, the respect to saying, "Okay, son, you know, you do what you need to do, um, but I, I need you to be in tomorrow or the next day." I'd be like, "Okay, boss, you know, I'll see what I can do." So it was kind of he. He was trying to help me in my recovery, um, and giving me almost special dispensation to work around that, so that I could apply myself on a Saturday. So were the rest, the rest of the lads, sorry, mate, the rest of the lads, because footballers are assholes. Or the rest of the lads, like, why? I know he's been through this, but should he be getting this? I've got to be fair to the lads; they were incredibly supportive. Yeah, very, very supportive, and. I don't think I've been at a club where I wouldn't have been supported. Most of them have been, mm. you know, a decent, at yeah. the core of them, yeah. a decent set of lads. And you look after your own, don't yeah. you? Yeah, but a centre-half who's not playing, right, he's not been in three days this week. Yeah. 
why should he be playing and I'm not mm. that's the mentality that we obviously went back to right at the start but is that a completely open book amongst the old squad uh, yeah yeah you know I, I didn't have any secrets uh, and people had asked me questions we'd talk about what I was doing uh, and how I was managing it um, uh, and it was all on that single track though it was all down the through the the, the lens of drink rather than through the lens uh, of my emotions or you know my my psychiatric health because we didn't know it we didn't know anything about that so as long as I wasn't drinking everything was all right yes yeah that's it's like the problem solved yes yeah we you know the, there is no problem because there's no drinking yeah, it's not coming in know? it's not coming in pissed anymore so it, it must be all right yeah so there's no is there any other diagnosis at this point? <laughs> no no nothing there's there's not even a diagnosis i haven't been to see a medical professional right i've just gone to an alcohol rehab center yep. to stop me drinking and uh in that rehab center i made uh, my best life friend a man called peter care passed passed away a few years back um and he was the chief exec of the clinic and uh we we just hit it off mate we got on so well we got on so well he was the first person in my life who i could be me with like warts and all is this even you even your wife as well oh yeah yeah definitely mate so he he could be yourself with him before your wife definitely a million percent uh, and this was my ex-wife at that oh, point right. in fact at that point I wasn't even married this was before I'd met my ex-wife oh no I just started seeing her maybe and someone else <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> no, or a but, woman somewhere but, uh, you, you, I'm, I'm going to say this and this is going to resonate with you uh, uh, whoever you are you have a face for different people so I'd be like this when I came home to my family and I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, everything's great down there, magical football, I'm the da-da-da-da-da, all well and good. I'd be this for the lads, oh yeah, I'm the joker, I love a night out. Uh, I, when I was trying to be intellectual, I'd be this for those people, you know, and I was trying to be a different, I had a different face for every, every mm. crowd. Uh, and it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I was juggling all these personas uh, and at the clinic, it was the first time that I sat down and, and, and asked myself, which one of these is actually me? Mm. You know, so I, when I when I put myself out there and, and just was me in front of Peter Kay and he accepted it. Uh, and and not only that, we got on really well and we connected on that level. It, it was the first time I felt like I made a true friend. Mm. You know, uh, what, it was so bizarre. Sorry, Clark. What did he do different to anybody else that you'd met? How did he get that out of you, though? Um, how did it? he get it out of me? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was more the fact that I was at a point where I'd had enough. So I don't want to say that he could have been anyone, but it was the right person at the right time. I was in that environment where I wanted to lay all my shit down I was sick of all the skeletons in my closet. I was sick of hiding this. I was sick of pretending to be that. And I laid everything out there. And that he... must have been a massive, massive relief. Oh, mate. I swear I must have been two inches taller when I left that place. Mm. You know, just being free of no secrets. Yeah. Even if you trusted one person. Oh, utterly incredible. Incredible. Could, um, you, could you never get that way with Holloway? Do you know when you... You must, you've had obviously got a good relationship with him. Mm. Could you not? 
No, I don't think you could. Is that just because it, it was the st- you still have that relationship? He was your manager, so there's it was something. Yeah, there's the employer-employee relationship. You know, so what that um, you don't want to tell him too much in case mm. he flips the other way and goes. I'll tell you what, I'm the manager of my football club, and this is too much too for far. me. Yeah. Then, then obviously you're, you're, there's a line that you'll cross isn't there you know especially the way that I was behaving at certain times it's the same when I was caught out with, with my ex fiance or my ex-wife you, you never want to you, you don't lay it all out there you lay as much as you feel you can get away with that yeah. it seems like you've told on yourself but, um, but you don't want to do too much to ruin the relationship you know, you want to you want to make sure that you've still got something to cling on to, yeah. and it's a horrible existence, mate. It's a horrible existence. Uh, lying, I, I lied for so much of my life, and uh, being without that now is just oh, it's bloody brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, it took me a long while to get to that. I didn't get to that straight from there because I left. I went to Leeds. I went to Leeds to be close up north, and uh, and life intervened. And life intervened by giving me a manager who, who I fucking despised. Blackwell. Uh, mm. Yeah. There's a lot, we've had a few on who's not spoke very highly of him. You know, I put it in my book. I put, I put it out there exactly how I felt. And he, he, um, he, he got his lawyers on the case. And, um, and we replied to them and said, look, A, it's an honestly held opinion about, about the man. Uh, and B, he's got corroborating statements from seven other people <laughs> yeah to, to back up you know what he was saying about that time uh, and I've I've got all the time in the world for for someone to admit um, that you know they maybe did something wrong and they've learnt and they've moved on because I, I'm a walking example of that yeah. you know I know that I can change my mindset and, and stuff but my comments were about Kevin at that time and he he I found him an incredibly disrespectful man, uh, and I've got no time for that in my life. What, so, what was it that you said that made him get the lawyers? What was so? Uh, well, I think it was just because I put it in the book that he was the single most um, disrespectful person that that I, I've played under. That he was a, a very poor manager. Um, I read the book. Go on. <laughs> As it, if he's got the lawyers for that. Pure insomnia. Fucking piss poor Kevin. It's it's worse than Worthington for me. (laughs) He signed you though. He signed you. He did. He signed me, and um, he signed me. Uh, QPR offered me four and a half grand a week, uh, and Leeds offered me two and a half grand a week. And they'd just come out of the Premier League, hadn't they? Uh, And uh, I was speaking to um, Neil Warnock at Sheffield United. So, you know, he, he offered us a contract there. Is it com- is you been to the Priory, is this common knowledge? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's managers, papers and everything. So Everyone, managers knows. Are, Everyone knows. Everyone knows. There's no here. secret. Yeah. Um, so much so, I went to I went to Stoke, went to speak, speak to their manager. Do you remember the Dutch guy? Was it Bosch Camp? Yeah. yeah. I went to speak to him and he went, oh, I'll show you like a drink. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, he went, oh, sure do I. <laughs> You sound like the mask. <laughs> Fucking Sean Connery has yeah. done. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I'm coming to you. I'm coming, I'm coming you to didn't you. You didn't go. I didn't sign That could have been a different Christmas day then, could it? If it had been right to your hand for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a sherry at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kev signed me there, and uh, don't go, I was buzzing. Can you imagine signing for Leeds United? Massive, massive. You know, club. thinking that I, I'd made the 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 fuck up of all fuck ups that my career might have been on its arse. And then getting back fit, being offered a good contract, making a choice that's not about money, that's about me and family, and then seemingly landing on my feet, getting a gig at Leeds United. Mm. You know, so even the fact that they offered me almost half what QPR, it was irrelevant. It was a massive opportunity for yeah. me. I was buzzing for it. Still some players there as well, aren't there? Oh, there were. Um, Lucas Radaby. Yeah, Chief was still there. Um, <laughs> Seth Johnson. Um, Gary Kelly. Gary Keller. Yeah, Kells was there. Brian Dean. Was Big he? Dino. Uh, they signed Julian Joachim. Uh, Danny Kadamatri. Dubes was still there. Paul Butler came in. Griggs came. Cool. You had, some, you had some centre half, I think. Yeah. yeah, four or five. Well, they, he played Griggs in midfield actually. Centre mid, then, yeah, right? he played, played him in midfield. What till he started clapping the timber on? <laughs> <laughs> what started? Oh my goodness! Do you know? I, I'm glad I didn't room with Griggs. Griggs took a four pack and a, a bottle of red wine every overnight trip, didn't he? Is that right? Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw Greaves under the bus, and I went with McKenna's had been Kenna's on. Paul McKenna. Yeah, he couldn't sleep without that Greaves. It, it, yeah, it was incredible. It's a good job I didn't room with him. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, yeah, Kev, Kev was doing what he was doing, and to, to manage a club like Leeds United, you need to have charisma. You know, you got to have something about you. But a, I think it, it's got to be earned, uh, uh, and b, it's got to be done respectfully. One of my core tenets in life is treat people with manners and respect. And he was so dismissive, especially of the kit man and the physio and usually they're the two guys who were closest to players and he, he was coating them off left right and centre and A.D. Boothroyd he brought him in as a, a coach and A.D. he was a really good coach um, it was kind of exciting you know new ideas it was all about moving the ball and all this and that and A.D. had put a really good session on and then Kevin had come down from, from from his lofty tower and he'd come striding over in his Cuban heels and he'd be like, no, no, AD, that's shit. Go and do the kids, I'll take this session. And we'd do the worst session ever. Uh, and the lads hated him for that. You know, you... I can imagine AD Bullfroy did as well. Me and AD, when, whenever Leeds had nights out, there'd be me and AD. AD'd be breakdancing, right? <laughs> Spinning on his head. I'd be hiding around the corner having a token. We'd both be coating off Kevin Black. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand him in my Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I say that? I can, because it happened. It happened, and that's how we felt. So AD left, didn't he, and got the job at Watford. And, that um, surprised me though. You know when you said Andy Bullfrog were on about oh, pass, pass, pass? Because yeah. the Watford team were just big, strong, Man. fucking smashed it up to Darius Henderson. Marlon came running off him, got promoted. This is the difference between coach and manager. Mm. You know, he was a coach at Leeds and he was there to make us technically better. Yeah. And he's very good at putting sessions yeah. on. His, you know, he's a very decorated coach, as is Kevin himself. You know, and he put on really, really good sessions. But when we got down to Watford, it was meticulous. It was scientific. It was mathematic. It was percentages. It That's was why you went. It was you do this and you do that. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, mate. I was like, we're talking I, I, figures. I'm four eight three. Four eight three. I'm two away. <laughs> Did he come for you straight as soon as he got there? Um, no, he went down there, and I uh, came back from pre-season. Uh, came back from off-season to pre-season. 
And um, I'm going to tell you this story as it happened. We're doing a a pre-season training and uh, we all had our balls and and Greg's kicked my ball away and Kevin said, go and get it. I was like, okay. So I strolled over. He said, fucking go and get it. I said, I'm going to get it. He said, when I say go and get it, you fucking run and get it. I said, okay. So I popped into a little bit of a bobble. You know, this is supposed to be a rest in between the session. Pick the ball. Oh, you, I saved your fucking career. When I say run for the ball, you run for the ball. I said, save my career. I said, you gave me a 40% pay cut, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) And just walked off. And I walked off the training pitch. And I've never done it before in my life. Walked off the training pitch. He went, if you walk off, never come back. I just flicked in the bird over my shoulder. <laughs> That's it. I was That's done it. with him. I, absolutely done with him. That was the only argument, the actual argument that That's you had That's the, o- the only face-to-face confrontation we had was that there. On the, it, it must was, have been bubbling. He was trying, of course it was. Of course it was. He was trying to mug me off in front of the rest of the group. Yeah. And, um, and no, you know, I, I wasn't a kid anymore. It's like 20, 25, 26 years of age. I played... T- 250 first team games you know and I knew what success and failure was and he was saying that he saved my career I could have gone to a number of other clubs uh, and, and got paid far more money but I didn't I went to Leeds for A the geography and B the fact that it's a massive club mm. you know I, one of the things that I'm so sad about on reflection is that I wasn't there with a different manager you know because yeah. right? uh Leeds is such a big club, mate. I'd have loved to have been there for longer. You know, sometimes you, you, your face don't fit. Mm. I played 30 odd games, I think I scored half a dozen goals. I got a boot sponsorship with Kelmy. Who? I, I know, I remember. Them. Exactly. I remember them. The lads called them Kelmy. Kelmy no. pasties. Kelmy standfinders. Oblongs. Hey, when we got relegated with Blackpool, Coil. Uh, Carling Opta Index, I had the most clearances in the whole of, of Division 2. The thing is, 50% of them were passes. <laughs> <laughs> Just went straight down the prom. <laughs> Donkeys ducking. <laughs> there must be a home today, Ned. <laughs> so, no, I, I walked out of training and um, and I got my, I had an agent at the time, just said, put the word out that I, I need to go. And AD called straight away, he said, Clark, come down here. Um, you're not concerned about going? Yeah, you're back into the... Uh... Back in the mix? No, because this is what I was about to say before, I didn't stay honest and true for, you know, once I got up to Leeds and, and I got... But... Do you know what I was? Uh, I was quite weak as a as a person because I went there and there were all these domineering characters. Like Dubes is a big character, Butts is a big character, Sean Gregan, big character, uh, Seth, big character, and I felt like I, I needed some kind of. I needed an in there. Yeah, I I needed to fit in there. And I didn't know what it was going to be. And what I brought there, me not drinking and being a recovering alcoholic and and, and all good and true, it didn't fit. It so didn't fit. First day I walked in there and, you know, I was all about Clark and this clean-cut image and I bought these new smart jeans and a shirt and everything. We went out to training, we come back and it was on a hanger, shredded. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, uh, my brand new shoes have been shredded 
And, it's like uh, first, first day. First day. Uh, first day in there. Dubs did it, actually. I only found this out later. And uh, I wanted to cry. I wanted to cry. I'd never spent so much money on clothes in all my life. And effectively, that that cut up all of my intentions because I just felt I felt like uh, so insignificant. You know, I felt like the butt of everyone's jokes. So in my head, I was like, right, what can I do to impress these guys and fit in? And we had a night out and obviously Clark's an, in, an insane drinker. So that's what I did. How did you react to that situation there and then? Did you laugh it off? Yep, yeah, uh, I laughed. Uh, I kept my, did I laugh? No, I said, who's, who's done this? Who's done this? Come on. I, I, I actually shouted, who's done this? Who's done this? And everyone was laughing. And then, and so I laughed and then just got in my car in, uh, in my training kit and went home. But I cried on the way home. So on that first day, the, the mask's up straight away again. Yeah. Straight up. And not only, I've, I've actually gone home and I've had to think about how I can come back and be even bigger and better and more brash than I've ever been in my life. So the uh, strategies in your head of how I've got to deal with that. Is, I came in a, in a Range Rover, had just bought a new model out and I had bought the last of the old model and it was in a shitty bronze colour. <laughs> so I rolled up there and Michael Ricketts is there and he's Aston Martin and he says, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and it's the best car I'd ever had. And I was like, oh yeah, mate, you know, it's just my run around. <laughs> just my run around. The, the, the club was way above my, my financial station to say the least, way above any kind of level that I'd experienced before. And within the first two days, I've been beaten. I, I've been made the butt of the jokes enough to feel like I, I had it all to do. The thing yeah. is, we, we've just spoke about the first five minutes is exactly what we spoke about. Him hanging gear up, somebody taking yeah. the piss out of you. Asking it, to see your knob. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody knows how that by the person's way, reacting with it. Police, we're in Bolton, by the way, so <laughs> this might not be the last police car you hear. <laughs> <laughs> See that, it, it, like that, Jewelry effectively doing that. He need, he just thought that were crack. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. Crack. yeah, no malicious intentions or anything. Exactly. And and he obviously got no idea what where that led and what. But, that, mm-hmm. but ignorance is bliss, isn't it? By doing that, there's there's a certain. I always think it's like um, talked about with Tony Adams. Uh, Kevin Campbell said that he was a great captain because he knew every, how everybody needed to be treated. Mm. Yeah, and you've got and as a great captain, he's shown that intelligence of knowing you've got to put your arm around him and you can take the piss out of him. And you, you can can't do, do this it on the first him. day, can you? Yeah, that, no, that's but, true. but then you don't do it on the first day. Yeah, was there a point? Obviously, you you've been captain, and you're almost expected to be a Tony Adams get yeah. around, and in theory. You're the one that needs. You're the one that needs an arm yeah. around your shoulder, Maybe. and nobody. That that's a stress in itself. Nobody ever knew it. Now this is where another dynamic comes in. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you ever felt this in in your career. There were so many times before I was diagnosed and before I, I was working on myself that um, I had this. It was like a charlatan complex. You know, I felt like a massive fraud. So I would go in and I would be the leader. 
and I would go and do all those things that are necessary and I'd come away feeling like an absolute fraud like oh if you only knew oh my gosh I need this oh da da and then that would be the trigger for me to go and do something so that I'm not feeling like that and get away from that mm-hmm. until it passes and then I'll go in again the next day and stick the mask on must have been awful mate mm. uh, t- yeah, how, how do you know how do you know something's awful when it just is when it's your life it's just you it's just your it's life just normal, you know and you think norm, you it? think everyone else thinks like you do and everyone else is going through what you are um, but it's only like when I, I can step aside and look back and I think wow bloody Nora I, I did what I did despite all the shit that I lived with you know that's what I was going to end on the fact that you had a career at the level that you had it for so long is fucking remarkable really I'm really proud mate I'm really proud now be. Of, that is, of it's actually done. remarkable mm. cheers fella thank you thank you it, it, it is I mean mm. like if, if it could have been better mm-hmm. undoubtedly I, I, no, but not that it could have been better in, in but obviously if you've got an illness as such it's not really your fault. I mean, it's out of your control. Mine could have been better, but I chose to go out as much as I did. I chose to live my life how I did. Not through an addiction or whatever, just through me wanting to live my life like that. Mm. Where you it's a little bit out of your control. There are portions of it. If, I'd have, if we'd have understood it better, I could have brought a lot more of it under my control. Mm. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.